You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. We've got Simon Mulvaney of Save the Bees Australia back in the studio with us. Simon's uh, been a regular contributor to the program, talking about uh, bees and beekeeping and also some of the challenges faced by uh, local beekeepers in Australia. Uh, and also there's uh, the backdrop of uh, an ongoing legal dispute with Capilano Honey, which is Australia's uh, biggest honey producer. It's a listed company. So welcome again to the show, Simon. Thanks, Piers. Now, where do you want to get started? Because there was a, le- a recent victory that you've had in terms of, of removing some brands of honey off supermarket shelves, which you had some issues with. And this has been, again, a part of an ongoing campaign. The activism has really worked on this campaign. And um, I guess when you're not motivated by money, but by actions to walk through Woolworths the other day and see that all the Alari honey had been pulled off the shelves and there was empty spaces where it was and how rapidly they pulled it off shelves. Mm. Um, first, they were doing it as a clearance and then it seemed like the next day, for some reason, it all got pulled off the shelves. But um, that, you know, really magnificent um, that that's the case. Um, the fear I do have is that they'll come up with another brand and to try to sell their imported honey through another brand. Mm. Um, Capilano have new owners now mm. and the new owners say they're going to make um, an attempt to keep only, uh, only sell Australian honey. But at the moment, there is a really troubling brand that is being sold at Woolworths. It's called Macro Organic. It's it's one of the Woolworths home brands. Right. And you look on the back and even though it's Australian certified organic, it's only got 20% Australian ingredients in it. The fear is that they're going to use the home brands to sell this imported stuff coming in. It's interesting that the, the direction to the supermarkets to withdraw the Alauri brand honey, which is a Capilano, one of Capilano's brands, um, that must that direction must have come from Capilano rather than the supermarket chains themselves because they're still selling these other brands which have got uh, a high content of overseas honey I, I, I ingredients. Think, um, I, I've actually aimed a lot of the campaign towards Woolworths. Coles, um, six months ago, withdrew the Lowry brand. Okay. Um, and so the, the recent campaign has focused more on Woolworths and Woolworths hasn't got me on a, under a gag order. Capilano have. So it's quite natural to, to, um, to sort of point um, attention on them who are selling the honey. Um, I, I've got a feeling, my intuition is that they will pull this macro organic honey off and they'll stop selling the imported honey under their home brands because I've noticed Woolworths have taken a step in the last couple of days to not sell a dollar milk. Mm-hmm. And I think wisdom at a board level would have to prevail where if they're going to bring in this imported honey, lower the honey price then we're going to get less pollination and less food and that won't be good for um, their supermarkets. Yeah. But they're really out of favour, the supermarkets, um, with the consumers. And I know from the, just the figures on the honey map that I've created, there's a huge amount of people using that honey map. And I think their future with, to, with, with all this scamming of food, and it's probably not in honey, it go, goes into olive oil and other products, even milk, um, people are going to want to go direct more. So 
um, that's something that I'm really trying to help beekeepers with and I'm trying to... So if any, any um, restaurants or cafes buy bulk honey and they want the right stuff they definitely should email me just go through the be the cure.com website and I've, I've just been recently going from um northern new south wales um all the way back to victoria meeting beekeepers and these beekeepers really don't want to sell to capilano anymore and they're looking for av- other avenues to sell sort of good medium large or large quantities of honey and um hopefully we can help them out Yep, that's great. Um, so give us a little rundown. You've brought in some sample pots of honey today. I've just been snapping a few pics of you for our website, uh, beyondinfinity.com.au. And so some of these, all of these legit, in your eyes, legit brands, or are there some which you think should be still removed? Or can you go I, through them? I, I, I'll, I'll go through them all with you. Hmm. Um, and um, we'll maybe do a video clip after it to, to put up on your website as well. But mm. um, the first one I picked up is this Alary Organic Honey. You won't find this at the supermarket anymore. Okay, um, I'm going to roll the video camera right now so you could just... Uh-huh. So the first one... Go, the, the, go. This is Alary Pure Organic Honey. Mm. It says Australian Certified Organic. It's sort of got the Australian colours on it. But when you look on the back, it's only got 30% Australian ingredients. Right. They, this you won't see on the shelf anymore. This is the other home brand, Alary. This is what rapidly disappeared. You won't see this on the shelf anymore. Okay. And that was 30%. This was the one that all Robert Costa's testing was around and the whole ABC scandal. Mm-hmm. So um, apparently the scientists don't completely agree on this. Um, but um, for, for beekeepers, it was particularly suspicious. This is the one that we're really scared about now. This is a macro organic home brand um, variety. So if you look on the back, and, and this is what really gets me, Australian certified organic. So you're sort of getting the impression it must be Australian. Mm. And then in green writing that also looks Australian, only 20% Australian honey. And so we, beekeepers sort of love getting this honey um, when we spin it it's from them it's not going into human hands where it's all blended together with honey from other countries so the fact that they're blending it just makes it unnatural as far as i'm concerned Hmm. the other thing a major thing i'm disappointed with in in capilano's new campaign is they've got a hundred percent australian trusted since 1953 but i ran a poll last week to see how trusted they were. And I've asked the public, do you want me to test Capilano honeys or do you trust them to test their own honeys? 99% said they don't trust Capilano to tr- test their own honey and they want me to do that. So I'm running a new campaign in the next week where we're trying to raise funds, not only to test to whether the fact whether it's honey or not, but we also want to test if it's got things like pesticides in it or glyphosate um, herbicide in it or um, antibiotics that some commercial beekeepers have been using capilano you're not trusted so don't put that on your label and hopefully you can regain australians trust but you're not going to do it if you supply imported honey to to other companies so, so that was a bit of a battle. I noticed you had a, a, a post on your on your Facebook feed a, a couple of weeks ago. I think about uh, about the victory of getting a Lowry removed from Woolworths supermarket chain. That's throughout the whole of Australia. 
Yep, and so that's Coles, that's IGA. I think everywhere, they've, oh, Capilano have given up on the brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, according to them, um, this is another absurd thing, that is that Australian supply has improved, but um, every beekeeper that I speak to, or and I, I speak to them all around Australia, say WA's had a terrible year. In fact, some WA beekeepers are having to feed sugar and they've never had to feed sugar before. South Australia had a heat wave that actually was killing a lot of beehives. Bees can cope with about 40 degrees, but when it gets to 46 degrees or two subsequent days of over 40 degrees, mm. they can really suffer. Mm. Um, there was one apiary I saw, they lost 30 hives. Mm. Wow. And, um, and then New South Wales have been quite good um, and Queensland has been okay. And Victoria's had had quite a bad season. Really? Uh, yeah. And is this to do with um, diseases affecting bee populations? I mean, you mentioned heat waves in South Australia. What was the what was the reason for the the poor uh, honey season in WA, for example? Um, WA, I, like, it, it, I, I hear different reports, but they had a bumper season the year before. Some eucalypts only flower every four years, mm. so it, it could have been. But I, I think that they might have had a little rain as well, and. They rely on a lot of eucalyptus, and so they might not flower every year. Okay. But there is a American fowl brood disease that is affecting commercial apiaries around Australia that can actually be transported by contaminated honey, and that's another reason we're really pushing for this imported honey to be banned. Mm. And I know in the past you've said you, you really like the New Zealand model, which um, which doesn't allow any imports at all. And as a result, New Zealand honey's got a pretty good reputation around the world. Yes. Mm. The other shocking thing is we have higher quality honey than New Zealand. Mm. The main reason is because they suffer from the varroa mite that yep. we don't have here. Mm. And so they use miticides in their hives. So if you're getting honey from New Zealand, it's it's got a, a, an insecticide in the honey. Right. Okay, so you can't separate that. If you use that, if you use that anywhere near the uh, the hives to protect them from the mite, then then that does show up in if you test the yeah, honey. Yeah, so it shows up. so that's one of the things that I plan on testing for in this regime yep. is the varroa sides. Mm. It, it's interesting. I, I, I follow a lot of natural beekeeping pages, and they're saying that if you use these varroa sides, the the bees the the pest ends up getting the varroa mite gets um, immunity and gets stronger so you've got to lift the dose every year mm-hmm. and then it also hurts the bees not enough to kill the bees but it, it, it's um it's a foreign thing for them it's not here yet we're, we're all meant to be planning for it to get here but many of the beekeepers i say overseas suggest that the last thing you want to do is to treat your bees for it because um it just makes the pest stronger yeah right are there any organic ways of, of dealing with the mite, uh, uh, you know, ways that sort of don't result in, in the actual honey being tainted if, if you tested for it? Well, it's funny what, what's happened in the end in places like Hawaii. They've noticed that the feral colonies are coping with it. And so they've gone back to the feral colonies to see how they are coping with it. And so they end up catching swarms from those survivor bees, the ones that have survived, mm. and they create the traits to deal with the pest. I've seen some video footage recently of, they call them hygienic bees, but they'll go in and um, uncap the cells and clean up the varroa um, mites from within the actual larvae. They've survived for 140 million years without our help. 
and they can probably continue to do that. It's just the way that we keep bees, it might be the issue to the bees themselves. Like it's not really natural for hundreds or thousands of pipes to be kept together mm. and um and that's how disease and that is the is case in, in commercial beekeeping on the scale that capilano is doing that you would have those hundreds or even thousands of, of hives kept in one location yeah and not only not only capilano keeping hives like that and 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 capilano probably have have a mixture and of small and large yeah mm. um or, or their suppliers do yep. but the the real issue is the almonds because we're the second biggest almond growers in the world now, right. Victoria, right. After, Victoria after, California, right, mm. and so we need three hundred thousand beehives to pollinate those almonds, right, and there's not really not three hundred thousand hives able to go there at the moment. It's and one of the businesses that Robert Costa's involved in, isn't it? And that, and he's the he was the guy who originally funded the research that was done in Germany, which, yes. which you're wanting to have replicated through not necessarily this, through the same lab. But we, we may be using the same lab, mm. but the issue with him is he hasn't really gone into what might also be in the honey, like the antibiotics or Roundup, glyphosate, or the fungicides or the neonicotinoids, which are being banned over Europe, mm. in, in Europe. And so all these canola and broadacre farming and the almonds, they'd be all using these insecticides. Right. So that also brings up another issue. Should we be allowing honey that's been put on for pollination and, and subjected to insecticides to then go produce honey that we eat? And this is something which has come up. We won't go into it too, in too much detail because it is available through our website with various interviews that we've done over the years. One of the things that, that came up was that there was a bit of backlash over... Cause, because Roundup is being banned and taken off um, supermarket shelves. There was a big case of... Uh, it's, a, it's a carcinogen, basically. There was a case in America, a big, big payout, which, is, uh, which I believe has been, it's been appealed uh, against Monsanto. I guess one of, one of the, the reactions from farmers, well, how are we going to protect our crops? How are we going to... You know, we, we require this. We, we need to use this to, um, to protect our crops. And they're talking about Roundup. Yeah, so it, it's a bit of a paradox, really, because there's definitely a cluster of cancer amongst these farmers using these chemicals. Even in Australia? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Alzheimer's, um, and that might be another um, insecticide that's causing that. Um, or oh, no, Parkinson's disease. Okay. Um, they're saying there's a, a big cluster there. And then um, the latest research that came out on the weekend was if you do use Roundup consistently, you're 41% more likely to get cancer hmm. than someone who doesn't. And this, is, and this is obviously using it in a commercial context, isn't it? We're talking about sort of heavy exposure to it on a regular basis over, over many years. Yeah, but you can see the guy in America was a groundskeeper mm. and then you probably you've seen down at your local park there's guys with backpacks mm. sort of spraying mm. and they're doing it in children's playgrounds mm. and quite often they're not putting signs up or they pick up the signs and go and then you, your kid's crawling around in the playground um, eating bark that's just been sprayed by, by glyphosate. And this is something I was going to ask you and it's kind of a, a sort of a local thing that I've noticed is that, well, over the course of summer, and we're, we're just sort of at the end of summer now in, Australia, Southern Hemisphere, but uh, I noticed a lot of dead bees this this year, and I just wondered in particular areas, like on a tennis court that I play on regularly, on a modgrass tennis court, which is actually a public court, and which I would imagine that the uh, the council does come round with a spray pack and uh, control the weeds, stop them getting into the to the modgrass, mm. and also even at home, 
you know, sort of on the southern end of the Mornington Peninsula. So I just wondered if, if you know, have you heard that anecdotally? Is there some particular reason that you can point to for that, or is that just a natural thing that happens with bees? Um, there, there's seven thousand more beekeepers in Victoria this year, and I know there's a lot of amateur beekeepers that have got hives around that area mm. and ports in in Sorrento, and I know I've got quite a few hives there. Mm. So the, the bees do die in, in natural ways. Mm. I used to run a gardening business and I was speaking to a gardener yesterday and he, he asked me, what can I use instead of Comfidor? He said he was at a house and there was a few bugs on a plant and the owner of the house was with two hands spraying Comfidor all over the plant saying, you've got to get rid of these bugs. And he said that they had a super clean house. His wife's got cancer and he goes, well, you've probably got cancer because of all these chemicals. Mm. That, that Comfidor that the guy's using, it's not like a fly spray that just kills the insect. Mm. It's systemic, so it gets sucked up by the plant and mm. then the pollen becomes a poison. Right. And the, 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 the bees don't die immediately. They slowly die off. So they, you know, they might do that. Doesn't it affect the bees' gut bacteria, I think? That glyphosate does, the Roundup. Mm. Okay. And, and the neonicotinoids is more of poison that okay. kills them. Mm. And the neonicotinoids are in... Um, Comfidor. Comfidor, yep. yep and yep. and, and uh, Comfidor's been banned as well, hasn't it? So both um, of those products have been banned from... They, well, they, well the, the supermarkets and hardware stores volunteered to get rid of Comfidor mm. um, because of bad publicity. And, and because I think of steps in Europe, they, they, they were um, following the European... Well, yeah, well, they're, yeah, they're, they're preempting it. We'll probably have to preempt that with Roundup soon. I think it, it might be inevitable. Um and yeah, the you just don't want something worse coming along. Mm. Um, but I know these farmers are apparently crying out that they really need these chemicals. But when you see that those type of farmers, they're, they're they're broad acre farmers that have miles and miles of dirt, and I don't think of them as farmers as the way we would have been brought up thinking that farmers were. Mm. These guys are becoming chemists. Mm. And they've been they're running these huge properties with a couple of employ, employing a couple of people and um, and I know like in in the future they're probably going to be able to run them with no people and and drones and get the drones to do the spraying and mm. and um, and yeah driverless um, tractors and and things like that I think that's already happening mm. but and and one of the dreadful things that's happened since I've spoken to you last is what happened um, with all the Murray cod and fish dying. Yeah, yeah. In, and, and everything's connected. And that broad acre farming and the cotton industry mm. who use a lot of glyphosate and neonicotinoids, they've been um, taking all the waters from the river too. Mm. And, and, and you talk about the almond industry where they need 300,000 hives. One beekeeper, commercial beekeeper, said to me last year... Um, I said, why are you so angry at Capilano? And he said, well, if they weren't importing honey, I'd be getting a high honey price and I wouldn't have to go to the almonds. Mm. Um, but now I have to go to the almonds. I have to risk my bees. And then the poor guy going to the almonds, he spreads his hives throughout Australia. If they pick up a disease there, it gets spread across. And it's, it's, a, it's just a malignant system. Just on that, what you just said, if that local honey producer didn't have to compete with imported honey so he would get a better price potentially for his honey the need to pollinate the almond crop uh, annually or however often it's done i presume it's annual 
that would still remain. So someone would be taking bees to those places to pollinate the almonds, regardless of whether there was Chinese imported honey. Well, see, this guy, um, he obviously wasn't as greedy and he probably has his limit of money that he he could have got out of just doing the, the honey. But the oh, honey price being okay. so low, yeah, was he, he had to go the almonds okay. just to support his family. Yeah, yeah. But the whole thing sometimes backfires because they get disease. And, and do the honey producers have their own um, bees that are sort of they breed specifically for pollinating their crops, or do they rely on outsourcing the, the bees oh no, every so season? It's, it's nearly the almond industry is out, outsourcing mm. and putting contracts to get beekeepers there. Okay, but in America they're paid two hundred US to take a hive there, and here I think we're around one hundred and nine dollars. Mm. So, um, so there's a lot, lot less money in it. Well, a lot less money, and the the like the beekeepers don't realise how powerful they are united mm. if they really got together and, and mm. set the price. Well, especially given especially given that the almond industry relies on outsourcing. You know, if the, I'm I'm actually surprised that the almond industry, given the scale you were talking about, the second biggest after California in the world, you'd reckon that they'd have their own hives. You know, that that would be worth having. You know, well, this is a sad thing. They can't put hives out there of their own because they all die. Um, because of all the other, because of all the stuff that they're using to produce the almond yeah, crop. As soon as the almonds finish flowering, there's nothing out there other than the almonds flowering. Mm. Um, so what they should be doing is companion planting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have spoken to a, a scientist that's quite renowned and he came up with a different system where you keep bees in tubes and you leave them out at the almonds. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't harvest honey from them and you just use them as pollination hives. Right. Um, so... Um, the, the, it, it was a clever idea, but he said Australia would have to do that eventually. If not, we're just going to be spreading diseases um, constantly. So it's a tricky thing. That same scientist said to me that if we stop migrating beekeeping in Australia for two years, we, we wouldn't have any disease. All right. So, so just to summarise where we, what we've covered and before, because I want to bring up politics, it's just as a final note from Simon Mulvaney, Save the Bees Australia. Firstly, you've had the victory of getting a Lowry honey, which is you, you've had some um, some issues with for some time now, um, and there was it sounds like there was some resistance from certain supermarket chains to actually taking it off, and then finally it all happened in a bit of a rush. So that was a victory, and I think you you um, noted that on your Facebook feed. Which is, what is your Facebook feed again? Save the Bees Australia. Okay, cool. And that's on Instagram and Facebook? Yep. Same same handle? Yep. Yep, cool. The other thing that, that you've been wanting to highlight today has been um, your crowdfunding campaign to get some additional testing done in Germany. Yes. So the testing we're doing in Germany now is not only to find out whether it's fake honey in what's being sold by Capilano, but we're also trying to find out if there's any other nasties in there like glyphosate, like neonicotinoids that we've been talking about, yep. or antibiotics. And I assume that none of those things are mentioned in the in the product description on these honeys at the moment. So if, in other words, if there was going to be accurate information for consumers, then those things should be there. I, clearly. I, I've, I've read some of the responses on Capilano's Facebook pages and people send me back the responses. Mm. And one thing that's disgusted me is they've said we've never found any roundup or glyphosate in any of our products but they've never tested Mm. 
or you know, I don't know whether they've ever tested or not, but they're not required or we're not required to test for that. Mm-hmm. We're not required to test for neonicotinoids. None of the supermarket is, uh, products are required to display glyphosate on their products. And right. it's the most widely used um, herbicide in the world. Mm. and Which is Roundup. Yep. Yeah. Same stuff. Yep. So I think... Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's j- just tell us whether glyphosate's in the product or and, not. And look, I think we have touched, just briefly, what are the alternatives for farmers and even just gardeners, you know, your average consumer consumer on the Mornington Peninsula or elsewhere around the world? Uh, you know, what are your alternatives? Are they healthy and natural or, or um, at least um, safer um types of weed killer apart from there's glyphosate. a new one that's that's come out called slasher mm-hmm. and the makers of that said that um it, it's fine to use on food so that's available at bunnings okay um it works through photosynthesis so it's like a cover that blocks oh, the yeah, sun yeah we've, t- we've touched um, on this yeah and then some people use um vinegar mm-hmm. and that can work on some weeds mm-hmm. um i spoke to a a gardener recently and there's when you get the prickles just before you know springtime summer um he said vinegar works better than the the really harsh chemicals on on that on weeds coming so, up oh, that so that's selective so it, that if you spray a bit of vinegar on your actual lawn hmm. you'll get rid of those bindies that come up over summer what do you think of um a product like feed and weed um, Do you know what the yeah, I, I, like, I, I've, I've looked into that, and it, it's sort of burning the weeds through sulphur. Some of it, right? Um, you get you do get dark patches on your lawn um, yep. while it's sort of taking effect, but then your lawn tends to come back. I'm just really wondering whether it's got safe ingredients in it because it's quite effective. That's what I've I've noticed. A lot of these weeds we're trying to get rid of, like dandelions and other things that grow up and. Mm. Uh, end up being if they flower really like oxalis as well mm. really great nutrition for bees mm-hmm. and that comes up through the winter so mm-hmm. uh, bees absolutely it's 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 good and and so are a lot of the other weeds that come up even mm. thistles and things mm. that bees will forage on mm. and are all medicinal mm. so you know i encourage people not to be so attached to having a perfect groomed lawn mm. and yeah like isn't it more important to keep your family safe and away from chemicals and having a perfect lawn yeah it's true it can look beautiful in in spring I, I i don't know if all my clients were happy um when i did have the, my gardening round but i when i became a beekeeper decided to just mow it every month rather than every two weeks so the bees would get a bit more nutrition and oxalis does pull out pretty easily if you get a hold of the sort of the ball at the bottom of oxalis you can pull it out manually if you really want to get rid of it that is a that's a, a much safer way well and it dies off over summer exactly so it just off. completely disappears yeah it's true that's a weed that i've noticed in the last 15 years down on the peninsula has got a lot worse than it used to be it just seems that there was very little of that in my recollection but now it's it's pretty much everywhere it's, and once it gets got spores or it's got very fine well, little filaments like an onion yeah um, you so can't get rid of it you, you dig it up um, it'll just come back and yeah. it'll be somewhere else or your neighbors will have it you've cleaned out your garden but the neighbors haven't so it just crosses over thanks for listening to beyond infinity on radio port phillip 98.3 or 98.7 fm For our complete back catalogue, head to beyondinfinity.com.au. You can also engage with us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.